Hi, everybody. Again, I'm Sean. Um, compulsive overeater, 100%, bulimic, 100 million percent. Um, and uh, grateful to be here. Um, and a little bit nervous, but, but I think I'm starting to understand a little bit of that nervous um, is actually excitement. Excitement to be able to share my recovery. Um, grateful for the ability to be able to share it. Uh, okay, so let me just quickly um, give you some, some information. Um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous when I was 19. I'm going to be 49. Uh, I currently, and um, I, I say this, I've said this many, many leads, you know, um, I, don't, I don't really believe I have another one in me. So um, I celebrated this past April 10 years, which is just, I mean, you know, you can do the math, but I've been uh, a struggling relapser with various lengths from one day to three years. So the most I've ever had was about three years, three some years. So, you know, for me to be able to see that I'm in like a double digit, um, having not put my fingers down my throat, that in about nine out of the ten years I'm obtaining and maintaining uh, a healthy body weight in a very um, small range that works for me um, and you know my story is my story so I support everybody to take what you want and leave the rest you know um, that what I have come to understand about my recovery is that I've had to uh, I use the phrase to thine own self be true I've had to kind of find out what works for me and what doesn't and you know the, the, the word that has resonated with me a lot over the, the last 10 years was um, in is sobriety um, you know that I I uh, see my recovery as sort of that three-legged stool you know so you know I I had to come to a place where I needed to find a way to be sober with my food because that became I love that the word in the 12 and 12 the bedrock you know like that description has been uh, very palpable for me you know I, I, I built a lot of my earlier recovery tries on a, a foundation slab, you know, where we didn't really go under the, I didn't really go under the ground to build the pipes. And um, I got to see it really symbolically. I did an extension in my home and, you know, the, the suggestion was don't put this extension on a slab. You should do it so it's like the whole house. And um, it took a long time to build that underground. Like it almost took as much time to do that as to make that beautiful part of my extension. And um, I spent a lot of my recovery just building the pretty picture. Um, and then, you know, it didn't take much for the house of cards to fall. So, you know, I'll, I'll briefly tell you, you know, I, I came into the rooms, um, you know, probably at my top weight, which is about 30 pounds heavier than I am now. You know, I was a bulimic. I was hard, hardcore. I was not a gentle bulimic. I was not, if I just ate a little bit, I would throw up. I was a massive quantity eater. Um, there would be, you know, it was, it was, it was, um, it was, uh, painful in, in the best of times and treacherously time consuming in the worst of times. Um, and, uh, you know, I vomited till I had bruises on my knuckles and losing my hair and, and essentially, you know, the, uh, the whole bulimic process itself became its own kettle of fish, so to speak, but, but it was because there was this underlying 
message I got was, you know, I can't be fat, I can't be fat. There was so much more wrong with me that then to be fat was somehow um, just, you know, why bother being here, you know, with the fact that I was teased already and I was shy and I was, you know, had a beautiful sister and a gorgeous mother and blah, blah, blah. But so I don't come from, my background is, you know, I've come from an addictive household, uh, drugs, alcohol, violence. You know, generational, good Irish, you know, uh, family, basement rec rooms where they had bars um, in Chicago. And uh, um, so I guess, you know, in some ways I was raised only to see excess, um, to see extreme. Either the whole house was silent, walking on eggshells, or it was, you know, chaotic, throwing dishes, that kind of thing. And... Um, you know, it was a very unsafe place for me. Um, you know, I was not an extrovert. I was very shy. I was the oldest child, you know, that sort of role of hero. And, um, you know, food, I mean, seriously, and I've shared this before, like, I remember my, I, I don't remember food at all. And then at five years old, I remember my experience, well, my parents separated, so there was probably a lot of trauma going on there, living with my grandmother, my mom's mom, and she gave me a ding-dong and a Coke in a glass jar. And I just remember the feeling after I ate that. There was a calmness. There was a sweetness. There was, like, it's okay. And, you know, I stand here as a 49-year-old, you know, reflecting on that 5-year-old thinking, bravo, little one. You know, you found something that wasn't going to, was going to be consistent, you know. Um, that was sweet that you know I mean really at the end of the day what I was searching for at five and what I still search for at 49 is love you know and um, and my journey today in these last 10 years has been about not searching for love but searching for love um, and uh, because you know I with an addiction you know spent so much time trying to get the outsides to fix the insides and you know this this uh, this recovery for me has has been a journey of of self love and uh, and not an easy one you know because um, it's been painstaking at times and baby steps and so um, so you know my home was not safe I was uh, teased at school so I just there was just nothing I can really reflect back and say that was great memories and that that one person I'll never forget that teacher yeah I just don't have that. Um, so, you know, the rooms became a place that, that, uh, was really at the first safe place I entered. Um, and, um, you know, I, uh, I learned how to do a lot of things in these rooms. And, you know, I don't wish my journey on anybody. I don't wish a lot of relapses. You know, I, I hope that somebody comes in these rooms and gets the blessings of the freedom that is offered here. But, um, but I think that when we share our stories you know we have different ones so if somebody is struggling in a different form and you know has you know has more falls before they learn how to really stand strong and walk that um that they're not alone you know so um so that's you know that's part of my journey and um and so you know the, the how it works no half measures avail us nothing you know it's a lot of my a lot of my early attempts at recovery were were half measures, and I don't say that critically. I just say that just that's all I could do, you know. Food um, and throwing up, they were just 
they were such a go-to for me, you know, and being in the world was, I was so, it was like, um, it felt like I'd walk around naked when I was abstinent. So, you know, there was just so much of that I could do before I had to kind of, you know, throw on my cloak, as, as you know, eat something, numb out. And, um, and so, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what happened 10 plus years ago. You know, I, I can't tell you that, but I do know that through the other years of abstaining, I learned different tools. I tried, you name it, I mean, I've, you know, my, my bottom line has always been like, okay, no throwing up no matter what, but that didn't arrest the insanity for me, for me. Um, I didn't have freedom from the obsession. I didn't have um, allergy of the body. I mean, yes, I don't eat recreational sugar, but um, really for me it was it was the loud noise in my head, you know, and a lot of times it was, you know, um, I guess... I guess what started, so I've sought outside help because as a, as a bulimic and as somebody who um, started with heavy binges so early, you know, I didn't really know how to eat. I didn't know what my body needed. I didn't know, you know, um, uh, you know, I tried intuitive eating. I tried, you know, three meals, nothing in between, but there was always this sort of like, I didn't know what was too much, you know, and I, I would say like today, I, you know, my, my full gauge is broken. Like I... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little nugget. I know I'm small, but, you know, there have been people that step down with me to a salad, and they're like, whoa, you know. Um, you know, I, there, is a, there, is, there is a part of me that still, um, not, not nearly as much, but still has to look at quantity, you know, still has to have an aspect of volume, and it's not a volume that doesn't have a beginning and an end, and it doesn't sit on one plate, you know, because those are the things and the gifts of self-care that I, I implement for myself. But, um, but I don't sort of, I don't, I don't have a full gauge. So knowing that has been a great piece of freedom for me because then I get to, I, I, I got to start to learn about what I need, not what I want. And, um, and you know, I, I appreciate the, 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 the information of I, I have a food plan that supports my abstinence. You know, I, I don't throw up no matter what, but, but I, I did desire to be in a body range that wouldn't keep making me crazy. Like, I wanted to be able to have jeans that I wore out. I wanted to be able to not have this 10 to 15 pound fluctuation. I wanted to not be so connected to my day running based on what I felt like in my clothes. So, um, so it did require um, me to be more willing to structure a plan of eating for myself. Um, so, uh, you know, I, like I said, I got, I sought outside help. I, I realized that, you know, I need to eat every four to five hours. You know, that, that does instrumentally value to my head. Um, and uh, I, when I'm, when I'm home and preparing my own food, I weigh and measure things. Um, uh, not not vegetables or anything, but but I have boundaries. Um, and uh, and for me, and this is you know just my story, I can't even articulate the freedom in that. You know, so here I am, ten plus years, and I would say that ninety five percent of the time I'm obsession free. I don't think about food. I mean, I plan my food, so I don't give myself a lot of wiggle room to sort of say, oh. What do I feel like for lunch? Hmm. Because, see, the thing about me is that I've been so driven by my feelings. 
and my feelings connected to, you know, as simple as, oh, I don't want that salad, I want that salad. You know, I'm willing to question what's going on. Like, what's the big deal? Like, why do I need to change that? Like, you know, and there's times when it's just a genuine desire, but most of the time it's really rooted in something else for me. And, um, and I'm just willing to um, kind of take some of that out of the equation. So, um, you know, I've reported my food for over 10 years, and my current sponsor, who I've been with almost two years, when I started with her, she was like, um, well, part of my requirement is you have to email your food the night before. And I was like, you know, really? And, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I you know, you know the, I'm an addict, so there's a bit of that rebellion in me. But honestly, before I started working with her, I think the night before. Like, I plan. And I, so here's, here's what self-care can, you know, started to look like for me. So 10 years ago, when, you know, that day of not throwing up stuck, um, I was in um, a meeting, and it wasn't this meeting, but there was something that got said that just, in a way, is that seven, five? Ten, no, okay. Um, that started to unravel the causes and conditions to why I kept hurting myself with food, because that's really how I started to see it, is it was a coping mechanism, but it became so much more self-harming. So, you know, the wreckage of my past, this childhood that I hung out in with resentment and blame, I now was at an age where I was and had done just as much self-harming damage than I was living in done to me. So it kind of stopped. It was almost like I couldn't kind of live in that anymore. I kind of had to look at what I was doing. So I heard... I heard this. If somebody's drinking their sobriety is bothering you, you're in the right place. And what struck my heart was this well of compassion for myself. Because I got, for me, it was probably the most spiritual moment I've had in the respects of it's my own, it's my own addiction. It's my own drinking, using, sobriety that's bothering me. My relationship with myself sucked. Sucked. I mean, I would not do to you what I did to myself. Ever, you know, and I could be pretty naughty with people sometimes, you know, on the phone and customer service, and but you have no, I mean, you know, I think, oh my God, as a kid, I used to hit myself, pull my hair, um, but the self-talk was brutal, and I didn't even realize how constant until until that moment when I realized, you know, I'm busy trying to have better relationships with you thinking it's going to help me but ultimately I've got to start having a better relationship with me still with you but it's almost like do as I say not as I do you know because I'm going to be of service and respectful to you but then I leave and I'm like you fucking piece of shit what were you doing oh you're so stupid why did you comment on that why did you say that it was you know driving, oh, your thighs are so fat. Like, I just, these words, like, I only had five words that I used on myself. Ugly, fat, stupid, disgusting. And, um, and I was powerless. I was powerless over that. And I really got this hit of, like, oh, yeah, there's an emotional and a spiritual component. There's physical, emotional, spiritual. And I'm so not sober emotionally or spiritually. Because 
I do believe that a power greater than me is not calling me these things. I get that it was me. Um, but there was this missing link. So, you know, so I just thought, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess with my food, you know, I, I stay pregnant. I can okay, not going to up no matter what. I have a plan of eating, um, you know, and, uh, and so, so this is, you know, as simple as it started for me is I would say, okay, well, I can't control my thoughts because, right, I can't control my eating. I can plan, follow my plan, and trust that, you know, by following that plan of eating, there might be some freedom there, which, oh, my goodness, there's some freedom there. So, oh, well, then maybe I'm willing to have a thought, you know, well, maybe I'm willing to um, say something that's truthful because I'm not fat. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, um, and so when that word would come out, I would sit and go, what the, what, what, I feel bloated today. I mean, that's the truth, maybe. That was the truth in the moment. And so I just started to bookend these kind of horrific things, I would say, with what felt more truthful. You know, instead of looking in the mirror and saying, you're so ugly, I would just say, oh, honey, you look tired today. Because then, you know, the truth. Maybe, you know, I, I appear looking a little tired today. Um, and I, you know, it's sort of like, uh, I didn't know what that would accumulate to. I just knew that, um, you know, that, that, that there was a, a foundation that I was building in my recovery process that started to be willing to recognize that I had feelings and then there were also facts. And I, um, was driven in most of my behavior by feeling and really by not feeling, but... Um, you know, my sister would look at me a certain way, and then I feel rejected, and then the rejection would make me pissed, and then my pissed, you know, did it, and then I, and there was nothing sexual about that. Like, you know, so when I had sponsors willing to sort of say, okay, you know, you know, you feel hurt by something, you know, well, let's look at what's, what are the facts today? What are the facts? You know, do you know? Did she say I'm hurt by what? You know. Did you ask her, are you okay with me? Um, so there became a shift in me being able to go, you know, well, I'm spinning in the feelings, you know, and I call them stories, you know. I call, you know, my fellow buddies, and I'll be like, okay, i got a big story going on. Like, my sister said she called me back, and now I'm, I'm convinced that she's going to fire me. I work with my sister, by the way. And I work with her today. Five, seven years ago, I worked for her. So that's the recovery for me is, you know, um, you know, uh, that I, my, my own esteem has grown in the fact that, you know, I'm, um, I, 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 my space in the world has, I take up more space in the world without taking up more space in the world. You know, 10 years ago, I remember saying to my sponsor, I have no shadow. I feel like I, 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 I feel like I live in the shadow of others. And that's kind of how it was for me, you know. This sense of myself was so invisible. Um, and uh, are you okay? If you're okay, I'm okay. Or oh, if they say this and I say that, and they'll like me. I mean, that's really, you know, I was taking temperatures all over the place and not taking my own. And it was really like the living dead, you know. And so, yeah, of course, you know, my food was going to be the option. It was going to be the thing I went to. And... Um, and so, you know, so over these 10 years, um, I, I have 
you know, been having, I, I, I used to say like I'm dating myself, you know, like I made this commitment to start to treat myself the way I would, you know, treat that, you know, the guy that I thought was really cute, like, that it'd be like so really good with for a couple of months. You know, like I wanted to do that with myself, you know. Um, like there was something, um, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday about, you know, that, I, you know, I have these knee-jerk reactions to things, you know, and I, I'm very triggered by loud fighting. That's just childhood stuff. But when somebody comes at me, you're really what I call aggressively, which I'm now calling passionately, by the way. And someone's passionate. And it gets me like a deer in the headlights, and all of a sudden my arms are folding, and I'm like, you know, I get whatever. I get, I get aggressive, passionate by, with, by retreating. That ultimately what, what I'm recognizing is maybe that person just wants to be heard and have my arms around them, because ultimately that's all I want. You know, I don't want you to stay away. You know, I, I, I mean, you know, from the time I was five, what I was craving was love. Craving just, you know, the, um, the love that, you know, the, the program talks about, you know, that the spiritual side of the program, you know, because I do have a power greater than me. Absolutely 100% wants the most incredible life for me. Dreams bigger than I could ever dream. And when and I continue to align with that, it's it's almost overwhelming. So you know I'm the only one that slows down the pace because sometimes it's just too much, you know. And um, uh, and you know I um, you know I I like hanging out with myself today. I've learned that I'm you know when I started uh, ten years ago this particular stretch of my journey, um, I was an isolator. I wouldn't really put a lot of things on calendars. You know, I'd say I'd cancel a lot of things. Um, and my sponsor at the time said, you know, you put things on calendars, you make, you make a commitment, you stick to it. doesn't matter what your head says, I don't want to go. You know, you just do the contrary action, you show up. And, you know, um, and I spent many of those years, early years, probably the first five years, dreading every calendar commitment I had. My best thinking was, I don't want to fucking go. I don't want to leave this meeting. I don't want to go out to dinner with this. You know, oh, those moments when that person would cancel. Nirvana. You know. Because <laughs> I was not going to cancel. I had to commit to going. You know, that was my, you know, that was my, um, that was one of my commitments for growth. You know, and, um, and I work with my sister, and she's in entertainment. And we uh, work almost all in Europe. So um, I'm gone a lot. I was just gone for four months. It's the longest stretch for us. My, she, went, she went through a double mastectomy last year. Um, you know, and I'm here to say, like, the bottom line for me is I get to chuckle at the fact that all the stuff I avoided by eating, I got to reduce in the last 10 years. Packaged differently, you know, this loss of something I avoided became the loss of my you know, had going through a hysterectomy, absolutely. This cancer that my sister went through in 2003, where I was, you know, in my last relapse, and hey, here she goes again. Now, I'm, you know, I'm going to be abstinent through this. I'm going to show up for her, and I'm going to show up for me. Um, and, uh, um, and so, you know, I've traveled the world, absolutely. Um, you know, I used to joke, okay, 
I'll wrap this up. I used to joke that. My sister used to joke that, oh, don't worry, because Sean brings two suitcases, and by the end of the trip, one will be empty, so I can fill it with clothes, because she brings all this food. <laughs> and, um, and that's what I did 10 years ago, because I was like, you know, I'm bringing my stuff. And, you know, I'm going uh, for seven days today. I leave. I'm going to Germany. And I'm bringing one suitcase, some, some food. Um, but I just laugh because I have so much more faith now. Like, there's food everywhere. Like, I, it gets very boring. I eat a lot of boiled potatoes. Um, you know, but that's why I get to stretch more in God because it's you know, really not about the food. Even though I like good flavor, you know, um, I get to travel and know that I can find a can of beans anywhere. And, um, and so, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm grateful to be here, and um, you know, I, I support anybody to just go on the journey of, of self-love because it's it's truly um, been a game changer for me. So thank you. This is the time. For, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Uh, so, okay. Um, okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, I want to hear something that's been important in your life that I might turn out to be important in my life. Can you repeat the words that you heard 10 years ago that you said apply to my hearing? Can you that change in your life? From the meeting? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, if somebody's drinking or sobriety is bothering you, you are in the right place. Okay. So I do really travel a lot with my job, and um, yeah, you know, it, uh, I'm so grateful to be in, you know, 2014. Um, online meetings, uh, phone meetings are awesome. Um, email, you know, um, texting, those kind of things when I can't actually physically make a phone call. Um, but, you know, I what I do is take my, you know, I have a routine when I'm here. You know, I have... You know, my little read the dailies, do my I, I, I committed meditation time, you know, my ongoing step work, writing work. And um, my sponsor said something very, um, very perfect. You know, I'm, I have an itinerary. Like, if I go travel, we have our itinerary for the day. I know what I'm doing work-wise. She said, well, doesn't it make sense to have an itinerary for yourself before you start the itinerary of the day? So I just have a few things that um, I do in my hotel room in the morning before I start my day. Um, and then there are many times I set a timer on my phone because I am in a um, rock and roll business and it's very manic and everything's last minute and everything must be, you know, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, and then wait. So I sometimes have to be reminded to breathe. And that's sometimes as simple as it is. You know, every two hours, the alarm, that little ding, 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 and that's like, okay, five deep breaths. No one has to know it. I just quietly silence it, and chaos can be going on around me, and I just four counts in, four counts out, you know. But I do have a plan of eating that, that I take with me everywhere. So I, I have to, for me, that anchors me. 
you know, I've heard all yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I am uh, fortunate to um, be able to, to fly it, fly in a class that allows me a flatbed. So, <laughs> I have to say that makes a big difference. So I, you know, I have to speak from a little bit of a place of gratitude in that sense. Um, but I will say, and you know, I, you know, and, and uh, that I, you know, I had suffered early on from jet lag because I wouldn't, you know, I have an eleven-hour flight today, and I need to be hit the ground running. So I take a sleep aid on the plane to force my body into that moment of, you know, I don't have um, any, you know. Uh, drug issues so um, that is part of the beauty of living in 2014 there's these aids of support that can help you combat that kind of travel or at least for me it has so I have found great um, great help there so but a flat bed helps yeah. um, well I sponsor um, you know as, as somebody who travels I'm not as able to be um, in in the community of service. Like I was home, we were grounded last year because of the double mastectomy surgery. It takes time. It's a process, boy. Um, and so, you know, I grabbed a, a meeting, some service position at a meeting. Um, you know, my sponsor, who offers a great example of 30 plus years of abstinence, is you know encouraging um, service on a self-care level, not you know. Not extreme. Don't overdo it. I've been on the uh, I've been on the board at San Fernando Valley Board when I was home more, um, but uh, um, but when I travel um, in these long jaunts, like the four months, it's it's I stay in a position of sponsoring, um, and uh, and then you know when I get home, I do as much service as I can. You know. Is your journey to self-love what was today? Yeah. Um, a lot of joy. Um, I have a lot of, a lot more fun in even the not so fun. Um, you know, I, uh, oh gosh, I, you know, I, um, I've spent a lot of years with this comfort of discourse. And, um, when I left town after, you know, being through, or, you know, being through as a sibling of somebody going through something, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I have to remind myself always, always, that, you know, God is my employer, or higher power, you know, because I, you know, I, I so very easily think, oh, the next gig, you know, is higher power, is, is my employer. And, um, and so, you know, um, but the gift of being home and being able to immerse more in in the rooms and and in 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 more of just the beauty of living in Southern California with all that avails us for recovery. Um, so I um, I said to my sponsor, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take the word joy with me as an intention for this travel because. Um, I got to really understand a, a couple of things about myself. You know, I, I, I'm kind of, I've been, the, I've been, the grass is greener. So, if I'm traveling a lot, 
can't wait till I get home, you know. Um, or when I'm home, I'm feeling restless, you know. And what I got to do this past year was realize that I'm a kind of a gypsy. Like, I, there's a certain amount of this travel. Like, I really like it. And, um, and I've, I've been to so many beautiful countries multiple times that I really didn't appreciate. And, uh, and so, you know, um, so, you know, my self-care today, well, I don't really have a lot of inner negative dialogue anymore. You know, that's been, I don't say removed, but sort of like the free of the obsession. Like, very rarely. And when I do, I'm like, oh, sugar, what's going on? You know, like that, that idea of hurting myself that way, it, it, it just, it, you know, it's like I, I see the two-year-old like I wouldn't, I just wouldn't want to, you know. So, so that's a huge piece for me. Um, and uh, so joy, so I thought, you know, so um, I got this, this color bead that meant joy. And it's, you know, because what I focus on gets bigger. And, um, and that's what I've really learned. Um, and so um, I, I explored cities in ways I've never done. Not that I explore them because we don't have a lot of time, but walked around countries, went to meetings in London, had a sponsee in London. Yes, I was a service there, you know. Um, and uh, took black cabs and got lost and, you know, I mean, I, I reflect back in 2007 when I was living, I was living, hubbing out of London for four months. I couldn't even think of walking down the street. I was so, it was, it was so painful that, that I, I mean, I just felt paralyzed to, you know, go to a meeting or do anything or like get on a subway. What are you talking about? Get on a tube? Like, you know, and, um, and so I, you know, I took myself on a lot of dates, a lot of, you know, walk around, a lot of, um, I met people for coffee, you know, and, uh, and that just didn't come out of nowhere. You know, it came out of building more fellowship relationships here, you know, uh, as a dear, dear, dear friend in his room says, you know, Sean, get, get closer to the middle of the herd. <laughs> because when you sort of say, oh, no one really wants, no one likes me, it doesn't help that you sit way back there. So, um, so, you know, I got to be a little bit more in the herd in 2013, and, and I carried that into life, you know, and I felt more part of the human herd, um, and, uh, um, and a lot less triggered by what anybody thinks about me, because unless I'm doing something obviously to hurt you, it's really not about me, so that's the gift I get to give myself is, you know, if I'm worried about that look, then what's going on with me? You know, I think I, I just probably, I mean, honestly, probably my age had a lot to do with it. Like, I remember being in the rooms in my early 20s up at the Drug and Alcohol Center in Santa Monica Boulevard where it was upstairs in a meeting of Anorexic, an anorexic bulimic meeting, and there had to be like 80, 90 people. I remember all these beautiful women, you know, feeling like a loser. That's, that's what I, that was my story. And I, I remember somebody going to the podium and talking about like how she, you know, had like four, five years of absence and she was 40, and I'm thinking, fucking no way am I going to be 40? Struggling at 40? And, you know, here I was, you know, um, 
doing things in my life that my intuitive voice was saying don't do. Not just a, you know, because I've heard people say it doesn't start with the food, you know. But I was, I was, you know, I was, it was, I was in a relationship that I, I, I felt dead in. I was not listening to myself. I didn't really even know really what I wanted to do, but I certainly wasn't willing to entertain when I said, well, you know, I'd rather go there to eat. You know, I'd, I'd oh, no, whatever you want to do, you know. And, and that, doesn't, that doesn't make for, you know, a very serene person, you know, wanting to take care of herself. So, you know, I think it was, you know, partly kind of thinking I'm going to be 40, but I didn't even wake up thinking I'm not going to, you know, this is the day. I just... I just, you know, once again, like I did many other times, just like went, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again. I think at that point I had a lot of tools. I, I certainly knew a plan of eating that would help me because it helped me before. I've, I've been obsession-free doing certain things. So, you know, I had a sponsor um, tell me something that I have um, embraced a little bit more in these 10 years is that, she said, I really witnessed that when people start doing things that work, they stop doing them. Or they think of different things. All of a sudden, they have a different idea about what they should do. Like, oh, yeah, weighing and measuring, that really works well for me. But I'm thinking I'm going to just, I'm not going to do that. This I'm not going to do that. You know? And uh, that was me. You know? I would do something, and I'd start to feel like, freedom. You know? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? A whole grain pancake, that looks, I could eat that, or, you know, whatever was my trigger, you know. And so, so I've been more willing to keep doing things that work, you know. When my best thinking is, you know, but maybe I should have that mohawk. Maybe I should, you know, you know, whatever, do that quick fix. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and so, I mean, that's really as simple as it is. But when she said that, you know, eight years ago, probably because I was offering up an idea of changing something, and she was kind of like, really? You know? And she just said that very sweetly in her experience, and I was, you know, kind of like, you know, so maybe you should just stay the course, you know? And, um, you know, I... I um, I, see, I, I seek outside help. I, I've been on an antidepressant for many, many years, and I've done the twice getting off of them. And then, and it's the same thing for me. It was the same thing. Like, I feel so good. I don't need this anymore. You know, and to realize that, you know, there's a chemical uh, support that this brain needs in a certain area. And I did. I did the same thing with her one time. You know, probably like five years ago, I was like, you know, um, I'm wondering if I should just go down in my dose because she's really why. I just feel so, I feel so, I feel so balanced. And she just laughed. She goes, really? Well, maybe, maybe staying this level is a good thing if you feel balanced. And I was kind of like, just laugh, you know, because I was like, that's my best thinking, you know. So, so um, that for sure is, you know, it, when I don't throw up in the 24-hour period, it does make for a better day. <laughs> No, I'm just going to keep doing that. And that's kind of what I did, you know. And, and I, I, I have time, but I don't sit in that time because today is all I have. And I'm as committed today as I was that first day. Just like, you know, yesterday was really, a, as hard as some of the part of the day was, it was a much better day than the best binge vomit day I ever had. So I'm just, I'm going to go to anyone's not to throw up today. Thank you for the Sure. Um, 
So, uh, uh, you know, I weigh and measure. I eat. I don't um, do a, a problem. Okay. Okay, so last question. Okay. I don't, um, I did for a while kind of have a calorie range so I could understand, like, what do I need to keep in me, you know, to keep a, a range. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I spent time with eating disorder dietitians who helped me with portions. And, and so I know, you know, um, certain portions I need. So, you know, I, uh, I will have a, um, you know, my breakfast today will be, a portion of, you know, my portion of oatmeal, flax, fruit, um, some nuts, you know. I mean, we, we get to discern our alcoholic foods, you know, so certain foods I offer may not be what other people want. And, um, and then if I eat lunch, it's going to be in four hours. If it's not lunch, then it's going to be a snack and it's going to be some kind of like, you know, uh, I don't eat uh, meat I don't or any flesh, but I'm not a vegan per se, so I just don't eat, you know, and anim- live animals, and um, so you know it'll be in the form of a bean or this or that, and and so I, I have up to two snacks, and they're in a kind of uh, a calorie range, but but in a portion that just as soon as I eat it, it's like like my brain just feels I'm connected, I'm connected, you know, and that's kind of and um, you know I I I eat today as an amends to my body, so I don't I do my best. And this is now 10 years, so maybe it wasn't nine years ago. I was maybe eating a lot more processed things. But, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have a desire to put uh, as loving, healthy, whole foods in my body as I can. Um, and I do it in, in boundaries with a, a scale and a cup. Okay. All right.